It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. This is going to be one of the most powerful transformational episodes of Discover Your Spiritual Identity that you have ever listened to or watched. Why do I know that? Why could I make a statement like that? Because it's one of the most powerful transformational revelations that God has ever given me. And I'm delighted to share it with you. And it's all about our calling to be partakers of his promise in Christ. And the last two words are exceptionally important, in Christ. Because as soon as you are saved, as soon as you are born again, at that precise moment, you are positioned in Christ, under his lordship, connected to him covenantally, and in a very real way, supernaturally. And because of your connection with him, because of your position in Christ, you have received an automatic download, to use a modern word, of this enormous inheritance that is almost beyond description. It's really going to blow your mind, to use a phrase, concerning the enormity of what belongs to you as a child of God who is in Christ. And we're going to explore various scriptures that say it a little differently from one to the other. It may say in him or in Christ or in Jesus, but uh, basically it's declaring the same thing. And it's about the benefits, the benefits that are automatically yours from the very second you become a blood-washed, born-again, regenerated child of the Almighty God. Benefits are ours. And I love the, the scripture from Psalm 68. It's verse 19 that says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us down with benefits, the God of our salvation. In fact, sometimes every now and then when somebody asks me, How are you doing? I say, oh, I'm so loaded down. They say, loaded down with what? And I say, benefits. Hallelujah. Because we're not supposed to forget those benefits, and far too often we do. That's why Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So I'm challenging you to remember what I share with you today and be sure to not only assimilate it into your own life, but to share it with others. In fact, the first scripture that I'm going to take you to is a scripture that talks about sharing this revelation. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, once again, I want to emphasize that when you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, then he became the head of your life. He's the head, and you're one of those cells in his body. And the head and the body are one. 
They are spiritually, supernaturally one. And whatever is in Christ is then transferred to you. In fact, that's a very powerful scripture within itself. First John chapter 4, verse 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. So the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, the abilities of the Lord Jesus Christ, to one degree or another, and there's some limitations on it, of course, but those things are transferred to us by virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he also said, and I love this, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, Paul talked about the mystery that's been hidden from ages and from generations. Don't you like to be privy to a mystery? Don't you like to know the secret of what's going on behind the scenes when many others are oblivious to it? Well, the Bible says that God has revealed this mystery to us that's been hidden from ages and from generations that because of the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Gentiles, and if you're not a natural-born Jew, then this relates to you, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, and here's the title, the name for God's people, and partakers of his promise in Christ. Now, that's an all-inclusive term. Just like the Word of God is made up of many words, the promise of God is made up of many promises. There are 7,487 promises that you get in totality when you receive Jesus and get positioned in Christ. Automatically, the download of all those promises comes in your life and in your heart. No wonder you're a different person now. No wonder you have a different set of values. Now, there's two analogies that are attached to this revelation. One I've already mentioned, the analogy of the body of Christ being connected to the head. And because we're in union with him as he is, so are we in this world. But also Jesus referenced this kind of uh, inheritance that we can claim when he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Because the same life sap that flows through the vine flows through the branches also. So there's a transfer from him to you. And that's what we're going to be exploring. What our inheritance is in Christ. And declaring that inheritance, sharing it with others, the acknowledgement, the acknowledgement, we have to know it and we have to declare it and claim it and confess it. The acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Again, that's Philemon 1, 6. Now, let me give you about 10 or 15 great scriptures that contain this phrase, in him or in Christ or in Christ Jesus or something very similar, because it's going to expose this wonderful inheritance. In fact, let's go to that first. Ephesians 1.11 says, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to have someone 
in your distant family, maybe an uncle or an aunt that happened to be a millionaire, and that person passes away and leaves you a large sum in the will, half a million dollars or whatever, and you don't know about it. And you're struggling to get your car payment every month. Or maybe you're challenged financially in other ways. And yet that lump sum is sitting there waiting for you to claim it. That's somewhat what it's like concerning what I'm going to share today. It's this huge inheritance that's waiting on you to claim it. Let's start with uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. Talking of Jesus, it says, In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, if you are in him, if I am in him, if I'm part of the vine, one of the branches on the vine, and part of the body, one of the cells in the body, then I have access to wisdom and to knowledge. And those are slightly different one from the other. Knowledge is acquired understanding, sometimes supernaturally acquired, concerning life, who you are, who God is, what our purpose is in this world. But wisdom is the ability to apply that knowledge to your life. And in Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's bigger than the biggest library in the world. The wisdom and knowledge that is in Jesus, shelf after shelf after shelf, is waiting for you to access it. Maybe you need to ask, because the Bible says, if any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and abrades not, which means he doesn't rebuke you for the lack of wisdom. If you'll just ask him, I need your help in this area. He's ready to give it to you. All right, next, not only do you have access to wisdom and knowledge in Christ, you have a new identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, and actually the more proper word is in the Messiah, because Christ and Messiah mean the same thing. It means the anointed one. And if anyone be in the anointed one, in Christ, in the Messiah, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. See, there's a brand new you. You're not the old person made over. You're a brand new person. Isn't that great news? I've read that someone, and in fact, uh, a person that I know, visited the catacombs in Rome, and they were kind of surprised that etched into stone in some of these full-length adult graves were dates indicating the person who died was three years old, five years old, ten years old, yet it was an adult-sized grave. And this person asked the guide why that was so, and he said, oh, in the early church, quite often they dated themselves from the year they were born again. How to do that? I dropped down to a little over 50 years old. Praise God. <laughs> but anyway, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new cre creation. Old things have passed away. Passed away. They're out of the picture. They're forgotten by God. And I think it's about time you realize that. Next, not only are you a new person, you have new access rights into the throne room of the Almighty Father of all creation. 
and that's contained in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Here it is. But now, in Christ Jesus, under his headship, under his lordship, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So, because of the washing of Jesus' blood, you are now as close to the Father as the one you are under the headship of. If Jesus is one with the Father, you are one with the Father. Well, didn't he pray that? In John chapter 17, he said, Father, the glory you've given me, I have given them. The words you've given me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. So you occupy a position of oneness with the Father that is comparable to the oneness Jesus, who was, of course, God manifested in the flesh, and that's far different than us, but still is comparable to the oneness with the Father that he has, that he possesses. And in Christ, you who were once afar off have been made nigh or brought near. I heard a poem years ago that fits in with this that I love. It's just a little short poem that goes like this. Near to God, nearer I cannot be. For abiding in Christ, the Son of God, I am as near as he. Ponder that. Ponder that. You who feel distanced, you who feel unworthy, you who feel like there's no way God could ever receive you because of a sordid past, if you're washed in the blood, you're as close to the Father as the one in whom you abide. Isn't that awesome? Then, in that position, there is no condemnation according to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Listen to this scripture. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So how do you get in Christ? Submission. Surrender to his authority. So these are not promises that can be accessed by the hypocrite or the compromiser. You have to be under his authority and then it activates these promises. And it declares clearly here, there is therefore now, now, right now, right this moment, today, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe there's things in your past that are condemnable, but it's been washed away by the blood of Jesus. And that is fantastic news. And the very next verse takes you a little further. Verse 2 of Romans chapter 8 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, there's a law that rules that position. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? It's those events, that sequence of events that James talked about. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That's mental death, emotional death, spiritual death, 
ultimately physical death, and then eternal death. And, and so it's almost as if death opens its mouth wider and wider to devour its prey, and no one can escape it on their own. No one by his or her own righteousness can escape it. And yet it says the law of the spirit of life, and the word translated life there is the Greek word zoe, which means divine life, resurrection life. The law of the spirit of life, divine life, resurrection life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, that includes errors you made prior to salvation, but it also includes errors you make during your walk of salvation. If you humble yourself, again, a hypocrite or a compromiser who is intentionally living outside of God's will cannot access these promises. But if you're brokenhearted, if you want restoration, and you submit and resubmit and resubmit to his authority, then the spirit of life that is in you, resurrection life that is in your heart, resurrects you back into a status of being able to access intimate fellowship with the Father. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from this law of sin and death that victimizes every human being that it overshadows. No one can escape from the power of that except those who are in Christ. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. All right, let's go to the next one. If you are in him, if you are in Christ, you are chosen, holy, blameless, accepted, and favored. Wow. And all of that in three verses. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 6. Let me read all three verses, and then I'll go back and explain. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now let me go back to the beginning. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now widen your ability to embrace something very powerful. Go ahead and expand your mind a little bit right now and realize that before there was an earth spinning on its axis, before there was a Milky Way galaxy, before the universe existed, before God even said, let there be light, you were in the mind of God. He anticipated your relationship with him, your salvation that would take place, and he accepted you, and you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And so this position of victory and overcoming grace was provided for you before you needed it. I've heard preacher after preacher after preacher say, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Let me take you one step further. God makes a way before the way even needs to be made. And before there was a fall of Adam and Eve, God anticipated exactly what you would need, what I would need to be restored, and he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy 
and blameless, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So your position in him renders you holy because the Bible says to put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. The moment you're saved, that regenerated spirit is created holy, holy, which means cleansed from the defilement of sin, separated unto God and reserved for his purposes. So if you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world, God did so that he might present you holy and without blame, blameless. I know you're worthy of being blamed. I know I'm worthy of being blamed. But this plan has fixed it where you can be blameless if you're in Christ. Who wouldn't accept something like this? Who would walk away from such a tremendous, tremendous opportunity? Then it says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And the word beloved is capitalized because that's a phrase concerning Jesus. He is the beloved. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that verse says we are accepted in the beloved meaning we're accepted in the throne room of the Almighty God. But there's a mystery there because the original Greek word translated accepted is uh, is karitoo, and that is a word that comes from charis. And charis is translated grace, but only two times in Scripture do you find karitoo. And the first time was when the angel Gabriel told Mary, you are highly favored of God. Hail thou that art highly favored. And then proceeded to tell her she would bear the Son of God in her womb. Well, that was karito'o. And also, that word is used concerning you and me. That we are karito'o in the beloved. Well, accepted is not a strong enough word. We are highly favored in the beloved. She was highly favored because the physical Son of God was going to be in her womb for nine months, but he's in the womb of your spirit for eternity. You are highly favored. This next one is hard to wrap your mind around, but 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. All of your sins penetrated Jesus on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Did you hear that? You're not just a righteous person. You have become the righteousness of God. That's the pinnacle of righteousness. You can't become any more righteous than being the righteousness of God. You can respond to that worshipfully by applying righteous standards to your life and live in alignment with that, but you can't achieve such a goal on your own. That's part of your inheritance in him. Then Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 says, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Somebody came to me not long ago 
and said, boy, I'm so depressed. I am so depressed. Do you have any kind of counsel for me? Can you help me? I said, keep looking down. They said, what do you mean, keep looking down? I'm already down. I need to get up. I said, exactly what I said, keep looking down. I said, because if you're in Christ, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means you're in the throne with him, the position of rest, victory, power, and authority, and dominion. And if you're enthroned with him, the Bible says all his enemies have been made his footstool. So if they are his footstool, they are your footstool. So everything that's gnawing at your mind and your emotions is under your feet. Keep looking down. It's all under you. And position it under your feet and claim being seated in heavenly places in Christ. Somebody that's outside of a relationship with God may say, well, my life is just hell on earth. Well, you tell them my life is heaven on earth because I'm experiencing a foretaste of it. Next, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So if you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, you're already blessed. That's, I used to think it was the past tense, but a dear friend of mine who's very gifted in English, who's got a doctor's degree or something in English, he said, no, that word is actually the present perfect tense. It means something that happened in the past but continues to the present. The moment you got saved, you were blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, and it continues all the way to the present. And to be blessed is to be happy, supremely happy, and rich with benefits, spiritually prosperous, and highly favored of God. Come on, somebody shout, I am blessed, and I'm blessed in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And I'm coming to a close now. I've got a few more scriptures I've got to tag on. If you're in Christ, you have an abundance of grace. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, you have a resource of an inexhaustible amount of grace that belongs to you. And grace is unmerited love and divinely imparted ability. You can do it and you can make it. You can survive and you can respond to defeats in your life with a mindset of overcoming because you are in Christ and there's inexhaustible grace there. Praise God. That's 2 Timothy 2.1. Then Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption. In him. There that little phrase is that's so powerful. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What is redemption? It means to be bought back from bondage with a purchase price. Whatever is binding you right now, let it go and make up your mind in him. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. The bondage is no longer going to bind me. And then Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And all of these could be an hour-long sermon within themselves. But Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. When God sealed you, an image was transferred. That's what a seal is. A notary public uses a seal to impress an image in foil or something like that or paper in order to often uh, make uh, some type of authorized statement 
uh, very undeniable or unquestionable. And what God did when he sealed you by the Holy Spirit, he pressed the image of the character of the Lord Jesus into your life to keep you from this fallen world. And Jesus, the Bible said in John chapter 6, was sealed by God the Father. And if you are in Christ, you are sealed by God the Father. Hallelujah to that. That's what keeps you. The joy of God in you is stronger than the depression of of the world outside of you. Next, Colossians 2 verses 9 and 10 says, You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. The fullness, the fullness. That's why I don't pray for people to receive a double portion anymore. You've already got everything you can get. You just need to access it. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. I want you to quit saying, oh, I'm such a a fractured person. I'm such a messed up person. Dare to say, I am complete in Christ. I need nothing else to fulfill me, to bring me to fullness. Then uh, two more scriptures. Colossians 1.28 says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Isn't it an amazing thing that God has taken extremely imperfect people like you and me, and he's done something to position us somewhere under the headship and lordship of Jesus that is ultimately going to make us perfect, not only spirit, but soul and body. Right now in your spirit, you are perfect. Your soul's in a process, really in a process. And your body, your body, well, it's uh, it's dragging its feet. It doesn't really want to be in this process that's going on. But at the resurrection, it's going to be perfected also. So you've got spirit, soul, and body, perfect in Christ. Wow, what a destiny. No wonder, and this is the last one, no wonder you can claim 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So if you are in Christ, he always makes you triumph. Isn't that a fantastic set of scriptures? I'll email them to you if you email me from our website, shreveministries.org, and say, please send me the list of all those in him scriptures. I'll send it to you very gladly. And I urge you to get my book, Who Am I? And find out who you are, who this new creation in Christ Jesus really is by learning the names and titles that God has given you. Also, subscribe to my other podcast, which is called Revealing the True Light. We get into some really heavy subjects on comparative religion and uh, false beliefs that people, even within the body of Christ, sometimes lay claim to. So subscribe to Revealing the True Light podcast, and it'll be a different kind of subject line altogether. Thank you very much for joining me. I look forward to the next time we explore who we are in the Lord.
Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.